0: Listen, man, I am so excited to continue uh, in this series that we're calling Renew, and if you've missed any of the messages in the series, you can listen on most places that podcasts are played. Uh, You can also watch them on our YouTube channel. There's a link on the Church Center app for that as well. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, have you been having a refreshing year so far, Right, I mean, look, it's not going to be perfect. Nothing is ever perfect, uh, but I just I sense a refreshing, and and I even know people who are who are already facing difficult things, uh, but they're just going through it with a, just a different mentality, a different mindset, because the beginning of a new year it just gives opportunity uh, for newness and just freshness, and so we're just kind of flowing in that vein with what we believe God is doing. And uh, how many know that there's so much to be renewed in our life, and God is faithful. To do that. Can you say amen to that? He's so faithful. So, this week we're going to be talking about how God wants to renew our desire for the mission. Uh, Why mission? Well, a few months ago I took a day and I headed for the lake and I began to pray and seek God regarding our church in this upcoming year. And I began to sense the word mission in my heart as I was praying for this upcoming year. And um, so I just began to journal and ask God to speak to me and just unfold to me, God, what are you saying? What do you mean mission? And uh, the, the phrase just kept coming to me on mission. And I believe this year that God wants us to participate with him on mission yeah. in a new way. And um, I'm believing that this is our phrase. I actually said, babe, I really feel like God's given me a word for the year. She's like, babe, it's not a word, it's two words. So it's a phrase, the phrase on mission. What do I mean when I say on mission? You know, I'm not talking about uh, giving to missions or being an overseas missionary. I'm not talking about uh, your vocational mission, uh, your vocational calling as an individual, uh, being called as a pastor, but what I'm really talking about is being on mission with Jesus every day, participating in what he's doing in and around you. You know, sometimes we can really overcomplicate this thing called mission. You know, a lot of times when we talk about mission and we're trying to figure out what the mission is for us, we say things like, uh, God, what is my calling? God, what is, what is my dream? People say, figure out your dream and go do that. God, what is my mission? God, what is, what is my purpose? Do you see anything wrong with all of these questions? My, 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 mine, 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 mine. What what movie is that from? That just happened. Thank you. Finding Nemo. Do y'all remember that scene? Mine, mine, mine. But how many know that um, if we're going to be on mission with God, it's important for us to understand what his mission is. Not what our mission is and the things that we want to do, but God, what is your mission? So uh, to discover what God's mission is today, we're going to take a look at Genesis chapter one, and we're just going to read two verses, uh, 27 and 28. And before I get into the message, we're going to pray. And uh, this is just going to be an opportunity for us to just kind of open our hearts even more. God, as worship has even opened our hearts and we're just being open to what God is doing. And here's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be listening for God to talk to us. How many know that he speaks to us today? And uh, it's not as much about what the preacher's saying today, but Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Because it's amazing to me that we're all going to walk away and God's going to talk to us uniquely about our life in different ways. And so um, I don't know who you are in this room. Uh, you may be wondering, does is God really going to talk to me today? Here's what I want to help you out. is there's going to be moments in the message where you might think, "Wow, that's really good." And perhaps maybe that's a moment that the Holy Spirit is trying to draw you in to what's being said, or you might want to underline or circle something in the notes or in the message. And these are moments where the Holy Spirit is perhaps saying, "I want to talk to you about that." And so these are times where we want to kind of key in. Are you ready? Father, we love you, and we thank you for who you are. We pray that you would have your way in us. We just love you, and we just are so grateful that you sent us your son, Jesus, God, and that your word was written, God, so that we can know you and that we can understand you and see you and have a relationship with you. We just open our hearts and ask that you would do what you always do, and that is speak to our hearts. God, that is transform us. God, we need your help, and we have your help. In your awesome name. Somebody say aloud, amen. amen. Well, um, I wanna read Genesis chapter one, starting at verse 27. Let's read it. It says this, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Verse 28, God blessed him and said, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea. And the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. If we're going to be on mission with God, it's important to understand what his mission is all about. And as I observe this text, I notice a couple things. I notice that God is on mission in your notes. He's on mission and how he creates everything that he does. He does with purpose and he does with intention. And the very first thing that scripture reveals about God is that he's on mission creating something. He's got mission in mind. He is purposeful. What is he doing on mission as he creates in your notes? He's spreading his likeness. That's his plan. He's spreading his likeness throughout the world. Look at verse 27. Scripture says this. So God created mankind. You see what he's doing there? He's spreading his likeness, his image into the world. God created them male and female. God's saying this. He's saying, I'm on mission to spread my likeness in the world. I want want every corner of the earth to have my likeness in the world. And so how does he does this? He creates a man and It's so interesting as I was thinking about this, and God's glory is in all of his creation, but he does something really unique. He gives something to man that no other created thing has. And he said, I want to put my image in man. See, nobody had ever seen the image of God before until God created man Male and female. And by the way, it it took male and female to capture his image. Man alone wasn't enough, and a female alone wouldn't be enough. It took a male and a female to capture the essence of his image. So here he is. We see him on mission in our notes, uh, spreading his likeness. The next thing I know that he's sharing his likeness. Not only is he wanting his likeness to be spread around the world, but he's, he's sharing something that is intrinsic about him into humanity. And we notice from scriptures like Psalm 91, it declares this, it says, that, that God's creation declares his glory and the earth and the heavens, they declare his glory. And, and so God says, I want my glory to go out into the earth and go in every corner of the earth. So what does he do? He creates a man to do this and not just his glory, but actually his likeness. See, God is on mission to spread the story of his goodness into the world, his greatness into the world. So he does that by creating a man. Now, when I think about the word image, I, I think about a mirror. I think about how a mirror, if I wanna know what I look like, I put a mirror in front of me and it reflects back my image. And when God created man, he wanted to reflect himself in the man, so that when man wondered what he was supposed to look like, he would just look into the mirror image of God and see who he was. Isn't that quite interesting? See, can you imagine um, what it would be like on this earth if there were no mirrors, there was no way to figure out what we looked like? All we had to depend on was our friend to tell us how ugly or how good looking we were. Um, You know, we probably would be in bad shape, but but God gave us more than friends to tell us what we look like. He actually gave us himself, and and I believe that God is saying to humanity, if you want to know what you look like, if you want to know what you were created to do, look at me, because you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and so many people are out searching, trying to figure out what they ought to do in this life, trying to figure out what their purpose is, what, what, what their significance is in this world. And God says, your significance is to just be my image in this earth. Look no further than me. I'm all you need to see. So God is saying to humanity, let me reflect back to you who you're to be. God's on mission in how he creates. He's spreading and sharing his likeness with mankind. His 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 glory is going into the earth because he created a man. We're talking about renewing our desires for the mission. And in order for us to do that, we have to understand that we're not on mission alone. We're actually on mission with someone. And we need to know what this someone is on mission doing. And we see him spreading and sharing his likeness into the world. God is also in your notes He's on mission in how he communicates. Not only in his actions, he's creating man, but in in how he communicates with his words. He's communicating mission to man. And we see this in verse 28. It's interesting that his very first words to humanity, they were missional. Let's check it out, verse 28. God blessed him and he said, be fruitful and increase and fill the earth. I want you to notice the phrase bless. It just means that God set them apart. He sanctified humanity. He consecrated them for a unique purpose. And we know this unique purpose is to reflect his image to the world. So God is saying here, I'm blessing you. I'm sanctifying you. I'm setting you apart for something unique. And now I want you to join me in something. Remember, he's trying to spread his image into the world and he could have I would have only assumed, do it on his own, but he didn't. He said, I want you to join me. What is he saying in your notes? I believe that his mission is twofold for us. And the first thing is this, that his commission is to fill the earth. Why am I using this commission? It's because God's not doing it alone. He's doing it with us. He given us a Co-mission, co-meaning together, meaning, meaning with somebody else. And we know that God could have continued to create man and, and a woman and man and woman over and over and over and, and fill the earth that way, but he didn't want to. He wanted you and I to participate in it with him. And so I believe that God's saying, friends, I want to enjoy, jo- have you join me on this co-mission to spread my likeness into the world. I, wa- I want you to fill the world with my likeness, let's continue to read verse 28. He says, be fruitful, multiply, increase the number, and fill the earth. He says, don't just fill it, but I want you to subdue it. I want you to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, and every living creature, I want you to, to rule with me. The second part, I believe, is commission. The first is filling the earth. The second is his commission is for us to rule the earth. How many know that God is powerful enough to rule on his own? He's amazing at it. He's, He's a great ruler. But God in scripture is saying, I'm on a mission and I'm gonna fill and spread my likeness into the earth and I don't wanna do it alone. So I'm actually gonna commission you to fill the earth on my behalf with my image and not only do I want you to fill it with my image, but I want you to rule it and I want you to subdue the earth. Now, the word subdue can actually have a lot of negative connotation today. As, as we think about humanity has filled the earth and it's subdued, they've done a really bad job. How many know that humanity in their fallen nature, they they subdue and they, they rule uh, with corruption? And they rule uh, not just like God would rule, but their rule is unjust and God actually says, I want you to rule not the way that we think about rule, But the way that we see him rule, right in these verses. How did he rule? Well, we know that his rulership is revealed in these verses. It's revealed in the garden the same way that God wanted man to participate with him in his rulership. See, man likes to rule with no participation of anyone else. We like it our way, isn't that true? We don't want no one's help. But God says, no, I want you to do it with me, so I want you to rule the way I would. Rule with others. I want you to care the way that I care. I want you to... Be generous the way that I'm generous. I want you to be kind. I want you to reflect my image into the world the same way that I shared all my stuff in the garden, the same way that I let Adam participate with me in naming the animals, is the same way that I want you to rule the earth, the same way I want you to share your stuff, the same way that I share my stuff in the world, the same way that I govern, the same way that I utilize my authority, my very own likeness. I want you to rule with my likeness. Isn't that wild? Did you know that, that God loves us and God likes us? He's kind, he's life-giving, he's, he's good, he's forgiving. And he's saying the same way that I've ruled and forgiven and loved you and showed my kindness to you over and over and over again, rule like that. Rule your neighbor like that. It's really, it even is weird for me to say the word rule because it feels so negative. But God's saying, love people the way that I love people. Forgive people the way that I forgive people. How many know God never runs out of his goodness? He never runs out of his kindness. He never runs out of forgiveness. In fact, God is very rich in all of these attributes. And God's saying, the same way I'm rich in all these things is the same way that I want you to be rich in all these things, the same way that I want want you to rule with my richness in all of these ways because I want you to express my image into the world and this is how you do it. You know, so many people might think to themselves, I'm not good enough for that. I mean, do you know me? Do you know what I've done? Do you know what I've participated in? And here's the point. God is good beyond measure. His forgiveness has no boundaries. His mercy is like a river. It's like a gushing river that cannot be stopped. And he's so forgiving beyond measure. See, there's, it's so amazing as I think about his rulership is that your sin and mine can't stop his rulership. It can't stop his image from being restored in you because he's a forgiving God. He's a loving God. And we're blessed to participate with him on his mission to reflect his image to the world there's 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 nothing else in creation that's to reflect his image except his people we're talking today about renewing our desires for the mission If we're ever going to have a desire for the mission, we have to understand what the mission is. It's not about our dream. It's not about our new business. It's not about our new ideas. It's not about us going out all alone and accomplishing this great feat on our own. And and in a way, all those things can uniquely play into that. But those are not the things because we participate with God on mission. How many know that's really good news? Because there's a lot of things that God asks us to do. And, it, and if we had to go out on our own, and if we were honest with ourselves, we would say, I can't do that. God says, I know you can't. So I'm gonna come with you. We're talking about renewing our desires for the mission. Well, how do we apply this text today? I believe this passage, this text is inviting us to do a couple things. I think number one, it's inviting us to realize our identity Just get back to the basics and realize that we, I, you should say me, I have been called to reflect God's image to the world. And I think there's a lie sometimes that it's at play when we say things like that because the enemy loves to remind us and, and we begin to buy into his lies and we begin to think things like, well, I'm a liar, I, I don't reflect God's image very well, I, I'm, I'm an addict, I don't reflect his image really well, I'm like, I'm stored up with bitterness and unforgiveness and I don't reflect his image really well or I, I've been so broken in my life and I've been so crushed by life and by people and life circumstances, that doesn't reflect the image of God, but it's clear today as we look at his scripture that God is in the business of restoring his image in you and in me. And that's a part of his glory shining to the earth. He says, nothing can ruin my image. I'm really good at fixing what the enemy has broken. I'm really good at restoring what sin has distorted. So what does God do? He points us back to our original intention our original mission to reflect his image to the world. And here's the question that we have to ask ourselves. It's this, have I lost sight of my identity? Have I lost sight of my identity? And if you have, God just says, hey, don't look in the mirror, look into me. I am the perfect mirror. Look into my son, Jesus. He is the perfect mirror of what you regenerated, you restored, looks like. Whole, healed, on mission for me, ruling and subduing the earth with my kind of rule and the way that I would subdue it with my kindness, with my love, with my forgiveness. I love what John 14 and 20 says Jesus is predicting his death to his disciples and, and tells them what's gonna be taking place uh, as a result of him dying on the cross and going back to heaven. And, and here's what he says to them in John 14, it's one. He says this, on that day when I die and I'm, resurrect, I'm resurrected, on that day, you're gonna realize that, that I am in my father and that you are in me and that I am in you. I believe Jesus is saying, I want you to understand that your image has been restored because I'm in you. The life that you lost in the garden that destroyed God's image has been restored as I have come into you through salvation. The mysterious life of Christ living in people. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. If you just try to explain that to people, the life of Christ is in me. I mean, that's just kind of bunker stuff right there, right? It only takes faith that we would come to believe and know something like that. I believe Jesus was wanting his disciples and you and I to know that you're not alone in the mission, that you participate with me. I'm with you every step of the way. Participation is like been my new favorite word these last few years as I think about doing anything with God because for years and years and years, I always saw myself going out and doing things for God alone while he was like off on the sidelines cheering me on as I was out on the field running my little race. No, God is on board. He's with me. He's not on the sidelines cheering me on. He's with me and I'm participating with him and his mission. You know, one of the greatest joys as a dad is doing things with my daughter is hanging out with Ellie having Ellie time and you never know and as as she gets older and more mature i'm realizing like the moments to share the random things about her life when they come you just have to stop what you're doing and listen and And those are some of my most cherished moments. And I love doing things with her. I always invite her, hey, you want to come to the grocery store with me? It's not fun going to the grocery store for her, but I just love being with Ellie. And so I invite her to the grocery store and... And if she don't want to go to the grocery store, I know that I just need to tell her, hey, I'm going to go get boba. Do you want to come with me? That's a guarantee, yes. Like, I know she's going to come with me. So I got to lure her in, you know what I'm saying? Uh, And and I I love doing all kinds of activities with her. She might not love doing all the activities with me, but I love doing them with her. I I love going outside. Well, I don't really love pulling weeds, but um, I do enjoy being outside. And, you know, when the spring weeds come, I love inviting Ellie to come out and pull weeds with me. It's just a whole lot more fun, Elle, when you're with me. I mean, I just, I, I love it. And it brings a smile to my face. And, you know, there's times where, uh, you know, as a, as a pastor's kid, you know, she's here all the time. And so, uh, you know, Kirsten and I always... You know, we we try to let her figure out her calling and where she wants to be and what God wants her to be doing. So we don't force her to go everywhere with us. There's times where I'm like, "Hey, El, come with me. Let's go out in the lobby for the huddle." And she's like, "Okay, Dad." You know, and and I just love bringing her along with me as we minister. And she captures the heart to minister and begins to just love to pray for people and minister and welcome people and and, and welcome them in. I just love being with her. I love I love watching her do that. You know, there's a lot of things in my life. I can go to the grocery store on my own. I don't need Ellie. I can go get Boba on my own. I don't need her. I can go to the lobby and have the huddle. I don't need her. But guess what? I want her there. I want her with me. Life is just sweeter with me. The, the joy I experience, her chatter, her, her laughter, You know, this illustration breaks down really bad when we start thinking about God, when we start thinking that we bring God more joy than he already has. This is like my, sometimes my weird brain is like, that actually can't be true because God is joy and he's full of it. God can't be more full of joy than he already is. So that means that I don't bring him joy that he doesn't already have. But just setting that aside for a moment that he still loves to be with us. And it's clear in scripture that he's like, I wanna do this with you because I love you and I like you. How do we apply this message today? I I believe we've gotta realize our identity. The next thing is this, that we've gotta realize our rule. As a part of the commission, God's plan is that we would rule with him. And he doesn't wanna do it alone. He wants to, in fact, he wants to do it with us and, and it's crazy if we those of you who are, are good students of the word you know and you understand that that God's commissioning to humanity to rule with him is all over the scriptures. I mean it, it starts out of the gate right here in Genesis and, and then we then we see as man messes everything up, you know, God doesn't like redo earth all over again. He like rescues a man named Noah and he does it all over again with a man named Noah. And and when Noah messes that up, God pulls together these twelve, this totally dysfunctional family uh, called the Israelites. And and all of these twelve sons all get together and God begins to, He says, I want to rule with you, and I want to show you again that I don't want to do this alone. I want to reflect my image in my people. And how I many you know they mess it up too? And and so it continues to go on. And so he sends his son Jesus to just fix everything for good. And he actually, this was his plan. None of this caught him by surprise. This all happened before the foundations of the world. God knew that the son would need to be slain, scripture says. And so this is not God's plan B. It's his plan A. And so Jesus comes and he walks on earth to show us what the image of God is supposed to look like in the earth. And he grabs another group of 12 guys called the disciples and He pulls them together and he puts his image in these 12 and he restores them through salvation. And and once again, just another time, God says, I wanna do this through my people. I can do it alone, but I wanna do it with you. My plan from the beginning is gonna be my plan and I'm gonna see it through. So in Matthew 28, 19, he, before, these are kind of like Jesus's, Dying words before he goes to the cross and is ascended. One of the things that he said before he ascended, Matthew 28, 19, he tells his disciples and this is called the great commission, but it's funny. I think Genesis is the great commission. I mean, it can't be greater than it happening in the very beginning. And sometimes we come to Matthew 28, 19 to find the great commission, but it's actually all throughout scripture. I'm gonna call it the great reminder. Like my great reminder is that You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And my plan is to spread my image into the world through you. So here's what he says, Matthew 20, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Remember when we read in Genesis, Scripture said that that God blessed them, and then he told them to be fruitful and multiply? When God blessed them, it was a setting apart. It sanctified, that blessing sanctified them and it it equipped them to go do what God was calling them to do. And and baptism is a lot like that. It's an outward symbol of saying, my son is sanctified. He is set apart. His old life is gone. All his dreams, they're gone. His aspirations, they're gone. I put my image in him. And now we share the same dream. We share the same aspiration. And now my disciples, my sons and daughters, I'm gonna baptize them in the Holy Spirit. They're gonna be one with me. And we're going back on mission to spread my likeness into the world. I have no plan B. This, This is my plan A. I've wanted to do this with you since the beginning. And then he says, he finishes it off with, teach them everything that I've commanded you. And then he reminds them, surely I'm, I'm with you. I'm not going nowhere. I'm rolling with you till the wheels fall off, baby. They're gonna fall off. <laughs> then we're gonna get a new body one day. That's a whole nother sermon. But how do we think through this on a really practical level in your notes? I think it's really important for us to do this. If we wanna know how we're gonna be on mission it's in a practical way every day, we need to do this look around at the places that he leads us. We weren't, you weren't born here on accident. You didn't immigrate here on accident. You weren't born into the family you're born in on accident. You're not right here in Arlington, Texas on accident. You're here because God's spreading his likeness into the earth through you, not just through the pastors, Not just through the super Christians. No, through through all of us. I don't get like, I don't get any special ability to spread the image of God that you don't get. Same measure, same thing. So I think it's important to ask ourselves this question. Where do I find myself most days? It might be your workplace. It might be your school. It might be a place you volunteer. It might be a neighborhood you walk. I don't know where it is. But chances are that that God has you on mission in those spaces on purpose. I think another practical question for us to ask ourselves is this: Look around at the people He leads you to. What kind of people does He lead you to? We I mean, think about the people you're with every day, not just the places, the people, your friends, classmates, coworkers spouse strangers in the community maybe you're a parent or a guardian who stays at home raising kids he has you on mission to spread his likeness and his rule in that place oh not to subdue not to not to get what belongs to you but to love and to forgive And show his goodness and show his kindness to the world. See, when we rule with Christ in the places and the people that he's called us to rule, we're not ruling the way that the world rules with an iron fist. We're ruling the way the King of Kings would rule. And we're giving people a taste and a slice of heaven. Literally, bringing that's what it means to bring the kingdom of God into the earth. That's what scripture means. And he's not doing it through some random, weird way. He's actually doing it right through you and right through me. And I believe this year that the Father is asking us to redirect our attention, to renew our desires to be on mission with Jesus in 2024. Would you join him? Would you join him today?